Welcome, everybody, to the Husky Hockey Podcast, your number one resource to remind you to cancel that Flow Sports subscription before we go into month two, where you'll get dinged for another $30. I don't think the Huskies play uh, any other uh, CCHA teams here uh, that we have to keep the subscription rolling for. Uh, so make sure you cancel that. It's your friendly reminder. This is uh, Weldy it- here. <laughs> And Andrew, uh, Andrew here, and thanks for that reminder, uh, because I will have to do that. They do play Bemidji at you know the end of December, so there will be one more game that's on that app. I don't know that that would be a thirty dollar pop to watch one game. That would be a thirty dollar game to uh, to to watch. So Unless I mean, I'll probably I'll probably do it. So yeah, well, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna struggle this weekend. Um, I believe I saw the the game on Friday is on Bally Sports North, which uh, notoriously has been off of streaming services. I don't even know if there is a streaming service that carries it. So I might be trying to call up sports bars around here to see if they have that channel because not sure how I'm going to watch that game. Uh, But uh, after that, it's pretty much all NCHC TV the rest of the way, other than that, um, other than that Bemidji series, or Bemidji game, I guess. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we will, uh, I'll have to find a way to 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 view the game on Friday. But uh, yeah, flow hockey, so far so good. I, I was even watching like random Clarkson Alaska game and stuff like that, and it's a de- it's a D snap. For some reason, my game kept every once in a while would just, I don't know if the app would just kind of restart or whatnot. It would just kick me to Boston College Holy Cross and just Weird. watching that. And I'm like, I no, no, get, let's get back to the, to the game that I actually care about. Um, you know, and I want to, I just want to point out that, you know, for all of the hate that Bankato announcers got. Uh, when I looked at that pronunciation guide that SESU provides, uh, that's just absolute garbage. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I don't really blame the Mankato announcers for not being able to say Okabe the whole weekend. Um, I mean, Okabe was all over the ice. He had, you know, I thought was probably one of the, you know, standout for both games players for the Huskies. But I mean, like the pronunciation guide just oh dash c a slash b e e and yeah. no capital letters for emphasis or anything along those lines so it was just you know if you're just a regular sports announcer you depend on those pronunciation guides and we we threw them to the wolves and i guess that would explain i thought it was weird the saint thomas guy was going piert for I mean, I'm assuming it's pert. Maybe I'm just basic. I'm mainly going off of, I believe now late Rush drummer Neil Pert, uh, which is spelled the same way. That's what I just kind of figured it was pert. Is it Piert? Because that is how that pronunciation guy would lead lead you to believe it's pronounced. Why would you pull out? Three syllables for only five letters. Yeah, that's why. That's why I'm wondering if that's actually the pronunciation. Because I mean, if it is pert, then you just would spell it P E R T, which is an actual word, 
and leave it at that. So maybe we're getting it wrong. Uh, and they're getting it right. I will say I did not uh, complain about the Mankato announcers for pronunciation. I thought they were very dry and they didn't really match the intensity that I was looking for. Um, so I actually switched it over. Shout out to KVSC. Uh, I could not find, I'm assuming the Jim Erickson still does the games on some station. I tried KNSI, their app was not working for me. And then the FM station was in 96, seven or something. They were not streaming the game. So I just flipped it on KVSC, uh, Jake Bedell and Blake Tyson were the announcers. I don't know if they do all the games. I might listen to them going on, going forward. Uh, I think they're better than the the home TV crew. They had good intensity, good knowledge. Tyson, in particular, sounds like he was he's been doing games for twenty years. He's gonna he's not gonna have a tough time finding a, a regular gig after college. Uh, they were knowledgeable. They were, I thought. I mean, they were pretty harsh on the Huskies on Friday. Uh, they did not mince words. They were saying they were playing very poorly. I think they said Huskies playing poorly is an understatement. I disagree with that. I, I don't think they were playing as poorly as they thought they were, but I did. I do appreciate announcers that aren't afraid to criticize the team. I think that's my problem with the, uh, the TV guys is they're very hesitant to criticize the Huskies at all. It's kind of all ducky and bunny. Um, so they were, again, maybe I didn't necessarily agree with their you know, assessment of how the Huskies played, but I like editorializing like that. So, yeah. and, and it's a lot better when you are listening to people who are knowledgeable and you disagree with them versus, you know, you know, people, even if they're knowledgeable and they're always still going to skew towards, you know, the Huskies, you know, Oh, it's not that bad or whatnot. You know, I'd much rather listen to that harsher kind of, maybe more grounded approach to it too. And just, you know, may, not afraid to mince words. And I think that's also the, you know, the, one of the perks of being a student run broadcast and just with, you know, the students uh, where, where you don't have to um, kind of suck up to the, uh, what the university kind of wants you to do. You know, KVSC has always kind of had that punk rock mentality yeah. um, and, and whatnot. And, you know, all throughout my, you know, you know, back in college and whatnot, and and just KVSC in general has always been just a top notch um, service. But it's it's awesome that they are in such good form so early on to the season too, because you never know. Kind of with student broadcasters, sometimes takes a little bit to get their feet wet. But like you know, like I said, that that program is just second to none. I mean, it's just an absolutely wonderful, wonderful, wonderful program. Yeah, they, they sounded like seasoned vets. Like I said, I don't know if they do every game. I I hope they do. Uh, they, they took turns. They flip-flopped color. One guy did color. One guy did play-by-play. And then they flipped it the next day. So you got a taste of of their skills from both of those roles. Um, did they yeah, do it like period by period or was no, it game by it, game? So they, they each took one game of play-by-play. Uh, they, they did the whole game and then they switched roles for the next game. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I, it was a little bit, I took a little bit of finesse to sync up the TV with, you know, the, the, the video to the audio. And you never know when your stream is just going to switch over to Boston college. Holy cross. I, so. I was lucky that I didn't have that issue. That would, that would have been annoying. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I, um, would happily 
and I think I will be listening to the to them uh, be be the uh, the commentators for me the rest of the way. Well, I'm so, definitely yeah. going to check them out now. So, um, just quickly go back while we got we, we got a second. It's at the top of mind. Um, you know, you name dropped him, uh, and you uh, talked about Rush uh, earlier. The the uh, great Canadian uh, uh, prog rock band just recently finally inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I guess recently, as in like two or three years ago. Um, favorite Rush song? What do you what What would you say? I admit I like progressive rock. Um, I am not a huge fan of Rush's brand of progressive rock. I'm more in the yes, early yes. They're 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 more late yes progressive rock. I like early yes and then. Pink Floyd, I was a huge fan of, still am. Um, so I can't say I know Rush has a has a, you know, their fans are crazy about them. I can't say that I'm a huge fan of them. What's the? Uh, I I'm I don't really and I really haven't explored too much beyond the standard half dozen on the you know classic rock stations. So which is uh, which is fine. I mean that's the thing. What's is like, the? Um, I don't. I do not. I'll say all right. I do not like the Tom Sawyer song. Nope. I agree. What's the, uh, is it closer to the, closer to the edge or closer to the heart? Something like, uh, something like that. There's a couple it, of songs that I it's like. Listen yeah. to your heart, but that's by Roxette. It's, it's one of their best songs. I'm not great with song titles. Um, yeah, no, close, closer to the it's heart. It's one of their. I just love Roxette. It is. Okay. I like to, that, I like to name drop Roxette as much as I can because <laughs> I love the look and Joyride. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a fan of Free Will um, or Limelight. I would say those are kind of Lime, my two uh, go to when when. Uh, but usually Free Will is kind of what I like to like to jam out to. So. I bet I bet they're a band that I would like more if I dug into the deep cuts. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's just more of the same. And once you got like the best of the best, like why go deeper? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but like prog rock. Though, I do it's, like it's, I do like the movie I Love You Man with Jason Segel and uh, Paul Rudd, <laughs> which is like a love letter to Rush. So it's the slap in the bass. The slap in the bass, man. I saw that in the theater. Yeah, good stuff. So, um, so let's talk about Friday. Um, you, I actually kind of lean maybe a little bit more towards the KVSE crew when I don't think the Huskies played that well, but I think a lot of it had to do with the game in general and kind of what I mean by that is the first period I thought was, you know, it was kind of an intense period. There wasn't a lot of stoppages and I thought, okay, like there was a, there was a time where they had to go almost back to back to back on commercial breaks. And that's just because it was, it was flowing really well. And then I don't know what happened to the second and third period. And the only thing I could think of is maybe the Zamboni screwed up something with the ice and it was just a puddle out there. But I just saw whiffed passes on both sides. I saw failed one-timers. And it was just incredibly tough to get any type of rhythm. Icings back and forth. And it was just an absolute slog the second and the third period. And it was kind of contrasting the two types of neutral zone traps the teams were doing where the... Mankato team was, you know, they were a little more aggressive, you know, standing right in front of Renek, um, and then forcing the Huskies to make long passes. Now those don't connect, and then it's your standard wait twenty seconds behind your own net and then ice the puck, which I just 
hate so much when I'm watching hockey. And I felt like that was just happening over and over again. And the Huskies, you know, kind of were a little more passive into that, how, you know, the Huskies kind of um, did that a little bit also in the NCAA tournament um, last year when they were, you know, kind of a little more passive where they weren't nearly as up in front, you know, aggressive with the, with with the, uh, with the top of the top of the trap. So I just, I don't know. I, I didn't feel it was a good flow to it. I felt like it was just kind of choppy, kind of sloppy. Passes weren't connecting. Pucks were f- kind of fluttering all over the place. I just I didn't think it was that fun of a game to watch. And to tell you the truth, I was just a little bit disappointed on Friday's game that you know two of the best quality teams in the country, and that's kind of the performance they put out. So that was just kind of a yeah, I would say that I thought that the Huskies play, outplayed them in the first period uh, on Friday. Not didn't blow them out of the water, but I thought they had the majority of the scoring chances. Mankato dominated them in the second, uh, and the third period. Yeah, I, I was not impressed. Like Mankato, as you said, they were. Ta- I think they took something like five or six icings in the third. It seemed like they were kind of playing back, and the Huskies weren't able to find a, you know, find a breakthrough. Uh, I think losing Hentius uh, hurt them. He left the game towards the end of the second period. I think they said upper body injury, and he was out for Saturday. I have not heard a status update on him for this weekend. Um, I don't know if you have, but... Uh, no, I, I haven't, and that's kind of probably my fault as well because, you know, I had a chance to listen to the coaches' show, Um you know, on, on Monday and I wasn't, uh, or I didn't, <laughs> I should just say, um, but yeah. And losing henches that, that, that hurt. Um, and you know, I know you, you and I texted a little bit about it, but I mean, anytime you're giving Molinar, you know, some, you know, some minutes down late in the third, it's just, it's not a good recipe to have. And I know you got to put a body up there to kind of fill that role, but it's, it, you know, when when you have that extra skater, skater, and you dress him as a D man, you know you're you're gonna have to kind of plug and play for your offensive side of it, and that's kind of what happened for the Huskies. Yeah, and I thought Hentges played really well uh, in the first period. They they had a couple of nice chances early, which seeing how the Saturday game went, I think that game would have turned out much differently if I remember Hentges had a good chance early, five minutes in or so on Friday. If that pops in, uh, completely different complexion of the game. Well, and and even the play that Henches ended up getting injured on, supposedly. I mean, you know, that was a good chance kind of right in front of Dryden McKay, um, where then there was just kind of a collision there, if that was indeed what he got injured on. Because um, yeah. I didn't see him much after that. Yeah, and, it you know, credits due to Mankato, uh, you know, good – Good defensive team. Uh, we talked about Nathan Smith. I thought he was clearly their best player. Uh, that's um, from Mankato's standpoint. Just watching them, they seem to be kind of a top-heavy team offensively. That first, that top line with uh, with Smith and Napravnik, I think is his name, and was it Lutz? That seemed to be by far their best line. Uh, and I think on Saturday, one of the keys for the Huskies was. I think they did a better job keying on Smith to make sure that he wasn't going to get the puck. Uh, they're limiting the, the puck chances that he was getting, and it, it seemed like those chances were going to Naprovnik, 
who's not quite as good as, as Smith, but still a, a, a dynamic player. Not not counting the goalies, Smith, I thought, was just the best player on the ice both nights. I thought he was just dynamic out there. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh, physical, uh, took a couple of penalties. He scored the only goal on Friday, took a couple of penalties throughout the weekend and probably deserved maybe a couple more. Um, but a tough, nasty kind of player uh, and fits their uh, M.O. well or as their star player. I think that's, you know, he's an appropriate star player for them because he, he sort of embodies, I think, the style uh, that they play. And, yeah, uh, so he was, and you had mentioned goaltending, and I think that's what it came down to on Friday that McKay was just, uh, he was just too tough to beat. The goal that Smith scored, the only goal of that game, uh, nothing that Hrennick really could do there, and, and Pert, or Piert, because we're going to have to confirm that. We're, we're going Rush style still until... We're going, we're going Rush. And obviously, in, in all actuality, if I hear anything different, I'm probably still going to prefer Pert. Yeah. Uh, Pert uh, got worked on that play. Uh, we're seeing his transition to the college game as a, you know, a true freshman. Let's, let's keep that yeah. in mind here. Uh, yeah, he had, he had a tough weekend. Um, yeah. You know, kind of, kind of both games. And, you know, I saw on Twitter also a lot of people were kind of voicing, I guess, a little bit of displeasure. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear that we're both kind of on the same page with that is, yeah, he is coming in, true freshman. Um, and I'm seeing, you know, kind of thinking about Jimmy Schultz also. I wasn't a huge fan of Jimmy Schultz when he came in um, and whatnot. There was some learning curves. He's got to be out there in crunch time in tough situations he's going to get burned especially early in the season because that's what happens with a lot of freshmen so um you know those are those are just uh those are going to happen so yeah i'm confident that he's going to be able to play in you know to, to get adjusted to the college game it's you know, it's every level that you're that you play at it's always a you know it's a bit more faster uh and, and more physical and he's just got to get used to that. I'm still confident that he's going to turn out to be a, a a good defenseman, a good player, period. But, you know, as you said, there was a learning curve involved, and and he made, I thought, two mistakes on that on that goal, kind of get the turnover and then sort of, uh, you know, missed the coverage after the turnover that led to that goal. And, you know, we had kind of talked last weekend, we, we mentioned, you know, the scoreless tie. We're like, oh, we don't, at least I'm like, oh, we're not going to see a scoreless tie. It was pretty damn close. You know, one nothing is uh, the closest thing to a scoreless tie. And even, uh, I mean, our good friend a, Whiskey Dave called me out on that too. He said, <laughs> you had to talk about the scoreless tie during yeah. the pod, didn't you? I was not seeing, uh, uh, you know, a, a one nothing game for sure. Um, but... And even that goal was, you know, it took a, you know, a nice shot from Smith there to, to beat Hrenak, who I thought played great throughout the weekend. Um, and not only like the nice, were... the nice shot um, as well, but even just everything with the setup too. Yeah. Um, Nepravic and Livingstone um, just able to, you know, really capitalize off uh, Pert's mistake and whatnot. I mean, that's just great setup, great shot, great play. Great goal. I mean, there's really nothing anything, you know, Rennick can do on that one. Yeah, and it was, I thought, 
St. Cloud was a little sloppy throughout the weekend on on turnovers, and it, it, so it was fitting that the game sort of hinged on a turnover uh, and Mankato capitalizing on on the chance. You know that's that was the difference in that game, and yeah, that third period was it. It was not a uh, high flying third period to be sure, and I I thought that Mankato was kind of back on their heels a little bit, and uh, just unfortunate that the Huskies couldn't. Um, couldn't get a get one by McKay. Uh, I don't think there was a power play opportunity in that third period either. The pace was was suffering, as you said. Uh, a lot of a lot of icings and and whatnot. It, that that seemed more like a third period on a Saturday game. You know, when when you're 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 running out of gas, uh, uh, relatively speaking. Um, didn't feel like that Friday game. Though I thought the Saturday game was much more intense. Just the. Uh, all the uh, physicality, you know, after the whistle stuff, that was definitely present on Saturday. It wasn't as much on Friday. And so, yeah, one nothing game. I don't think the Huskies are going to lose many one nothing games uh, this year. Uh, and I think the injury uh, threw them for, the, for, for a loop. And I, I agree that I wish the bench would have shortened up towards the end of the game. Not a huge fan of Molinar getting those, those crunch time minutes. But, you know, someone's got to step up and – got to see what you're working with too and still it's the early early season here uh coaching staff still getting uh accustomed to the team so i'm not you know holding it too too much against them but a game that in retrospect yeah you give up one goal you don't like to lose those games but um you know i liked how i liked how rennick played and i liked how um the majority of the defense played so i mean there's still some some uh, positives to take out of it but um yeah that second period was was pretty dicey and um i would definitely have given mankato the overall edge on friday um and so it we go ahead their, their ability to really just play so stout defensively and so big, so there's just not a lot of room. Huskies, like I said, they weren't really able to capitalize on the speed. They weren't able to generate a lot of real chances in incredibly high scoring areas, other than you know some of the Hench's chances. But it, you know, other than that, it was it was just kind of a frustrating game to watch, and you know, just the linesman just not learning how to drop a puck. Ugh. And again, that's one of my pet peeves. It was just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can. Uh, I will happily rant about officiating on Saturday game. I, I didn't <laughs> think they were uh, too much of an, uh, an issue on the Friday game, other than as you said, the the the, the dropping the puck stuff. It's just. Every single game, it seems to happen uh, like this. And uh, so, yeah, it was very frustrating. Uh, but, yeah, we can transition into talking about that uh, Saturday game. You know, back up against their wall, don't want to get swept. I mean, obviously, Mankato quality opponent, nothing, you know, no shame in getting swept necessarily. But, you know, it's a rivalry game and in state rival and early season, 1 2. Uh, you want to make a statement, and uh, they did that. And obviously, a big key there is getting off to a, a quick start. Two nothing lead within the first seven minutes or so. Uh, Nolan Walker just blowing the doors off of uh, I think it was Livingstone. Uh, Walker was flying on the ice on Saturday. Uh, yeah, he had a Walker couple just, of plays. 
Awesome, where he's, awesome his, game. his speed, yeah, his speed was taken over there, and I and think it's, the goal act- his, it, he's got deceptive speed too because it's very much a you give him a little bit of space and it's it's just such quick jump where it's just like three strides and all of a sudden he's ten feet ahead of you. Um, I don't know, like, top-end speed if it's there, like some of the other players that we had, but as far as just all of a sudden he's behind you, you know, that type of speed I think is just second to none. And he definitely showed that on that on the goal. Yeah, and I think that that goal went off of a Mankato player. Mm-hmm. Um, the, shot, the shot went off a leg and in, uh, which was turned out to be a theme. Uh, the <laughs> turned goal, out how it, also. that... If you want the blueprint on on um, on how you need to beat Dryden McKay, it's to throw it off the defenseman's shin. So. Yeah, yeah. And so one nothing there early, and then a couple of minutes later, uh, is it Mason Sulquist first uh, collegiate goal, and <laughs> gets a little a... knuckle puck, gets a little floater that yeah. uh, <laughs> it was able to kind of flutter up above uh, committed McKay. Yeah, so Salquist, the only Husky player to shoot a puck past McKay. Well, I mean, because the other two went off of Mankato uh, players. Uh, I thought Salquist played played well all weekend, and uh, he's in, he, he was impressive also in the, in the St. Thomas. Uh, I think he just played one of the games. Did he play on Friday? It's again my memory is failing me here but um i've i've been impressed with uh, what i've seen uh so far from Salquist to fargo uh fargo kid or, or grand forks i think he played grand for it yep he uh, no he did not play on friday yeah he he had an assist against st thomas on just one of the games against st thomas on the second and then on the ninth got a goal so and that's what, you know, early season with your freshmen, you're kind of plugging and playing, you know, maybe one one game on, one game off, and you're seeing who's going to rise to the top. Uh, like I said, I've, I've liked a lot what uh, I've liked what I've seen from, from Salquist, so I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes a Friday and Saturday player um, pretty soon here. Uh, I think but, it would be a mistake not to play him. Yeah, he's got that good uh, kind of – it's that – that cock roll that, that they had last year, gritty, you know, he's not going to be your flashiest player, but gets his nose dirty and he's got a bit of a scoring touch as we saw. And so, uh, yeah, liking what uh, I've seen there. So within the first, you know, seven minutes or so two nothing lead. And, uh, and as I mentioned earlier, a very physical game, uh, throughout, uh, lots of extracurricular activity, so to speak, after the whistle stuff, Brodzinski gets a 10-minute misconduct for, I'm not sure what, um, lipping off to the ref or something. Uh, so he was gone for, you know, for 10 minutes, basically straddling the end of the first and about the first eight minutes of the second period. Uh, and so, and I'm trying yeah, to that, remember if that happened shortly after he got hauled down in the neutral zone with no call. There was... I mean, it was obscene. I, I thought the officiating, and it seemed like after it was two nothing, it seemed like the uh, the refs made it their mission to keep Mankato in that game. I mean, there was the the one one the worst one I thought was when I think it was Okabe went in on a breakaway, clearly hooked from behind, no call. They come back down the ice, they do the little after the whistle scrum where 
Mankato guy, and I think it was Smith, and St. Cloud guy are both get a little jab in, and they only take the St. Cloud player for that. Right, on, right, you know, 15 seconds after missing a what could have been a penalty shot call on that breakaway. And so I think in the third period, there was another uh, quasi-breakaway that I thought it was a blatant miscall there. It was just uh, it was a frustrating game uh, from the officiating standpoint uh, because you feel like the Huskies needed to withstand not just the Mankato pressure, but you know you're not going to get the you're not going to get any calls for you, uh, and it, it's seemingly it was. Um, yeah, I even think that the power play opportunities were equal. I think they both had four uh, power play opportunities, but it didn't seem you know it didn't seem like uh, that way. It just seemed that the uh, ice was tilted a little bit in that second period into the third. Um, getting that third goal, uh, Mietnin again off of a uh, Mankato player and in. After they got that third goal, it seemed like they were, you know, that was a – feel like whoever was going to score that next goal after it was 2-0, whether it was going to be Mankato or St. Cloud, that was going to be the key goal. And I, I think after that – Huskies were able to relax a little bit, and uh, Mankato did score one late, um, you know, extra attacker goal, uh, pulled the goalie with, I think, about four minutes to go, and they, they scored one relatively shortly uh, after that, uh, but couldn't get and another that was, one passed. And that, that play, too, was just a little bit confusing because uh, the shot was a double doinker. and I think it, it could have been a triple doinker. It yeah. might have gone off all three posts, at least two of them. Just a quick way to win a three bar. Uh, and then the horn went and the the siren, like the, the lights were going. And then everyone was, you know, standing around. And Micah Miller, you know, had a chance to clear it out as well at that time. and just kind of flubbed it and uh, was able to go right to the defenseman for Mankato. And then able to pass it around and was able to get a tap and goal kind of out there. So well, just kind of then- a kind of a bad, uh, bad, bad break on that. Yeah, and I think that the Husky bench was interested in in looking at the at some interference at uh, Heredak. Seeing the replay, I thought it it was fine. I didn't think that it was anything that made much of a material difference on the on the goal. But I was just sweating because I'm like, oh, okay, this is hell here. They're gonna review. It's a double review because they they got to review the first goal to see if that went in. Then they're gonna on top of that. Uh, review the uh, potential goalie interference. I'm like, we're going to be here for 25 minutes here. But thankfully, it was not that uh, long of a review process. And I think that the correct call, obviously, that the first goal chance obviously was not in. And then, I, like I said, I don't think that the, there was uh, you know much interference, uh, nothing to overturn the call on the, on the actual goal. Um, so three to one is how how it's how it ended. And you know, as we said last week, split on the road against, you know, top opponent, number one team in the country. Um, you'll take that. And, yeah, the frustrations on Friday uh, and certain aspects of the game, we want to clean those up. But all told, early season uh, series like this, uh, I'm uh, certainly happy uh, with the split. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just a couple other um people that I thought stood out. Um, Brady Zemer, who only played on Saturday's game, I thought was just absolutely fantastic on the back end. Um, 
just kind of unsung. They talked a little bit also on the broadcast, at least, about um, Bushy, who was just, you know, had just your solid defensive defenseman. I'm, you're not going to hear his name because he's doing his good job. You know, and there's always a place for those types of uh, players in, 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 in hockey in general. And, you know, I thought they, they both were in, incredibly good. Um, we do have a sponsored section, so to speak. The uh, Go Huskies oh. Woo Player of the Weekend. So <laughs> the uh, Go Huskies Woo, he uh, picks a player uh, for what he thinks had the best player of the weekend, and we can discuss, debate, or if we have any better picks. So his answer, um, I feel, is also my answer because it's kind of a no-brainer, in my opinion, uh, David Rennick. Renick, um, yeah, and I, I would, I would agree. Yeah, and I think um, he was incredibly solid all weekend, and not only that, but even in uh, Friday's game, after letting in that goal too, um, there was a couple of whistles and a couple of faceoffs in his own end. He's just there sweeping his crease, just, just content, just calm, um, and um, if if this is the Renick that we're gonna see here going forward it's it, it's going to be just a heck of a season for the huskies because i thought he was just fantastic all weekend yep agreed uh, i have one other unsung hero i'll shout out to uh kevin fitzgerald i thought uh he dominated the face-off draw uh, face-off battles on friday in particular not as well on saturday but feel like seemingly down the stretch he was winning every draw uh and Faceoffs are one of those stats that seem to fly under the radar, uh, but so important, uh, you know, especially offensive zone uh, draws like that. You can you can set up your whole offense based on winning a draw, and if you lose that draw, you're kind of screwed. And so, I was just like every time he was taking a draw and winning it, I'm just like, geez, he's he is uh, he's great at that. So, yeah, uh, both both Fitzgerald and Walker, I thought, had incredibly good weekends. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think you are completely spot on with Fitzgerald. I, I really enjoy watching him play and, and see what he does out there. Agreed. Um, one one also thing before we uh, kind of transition to the, uh, the big Minnesota tilt, um, I just, I don't know what it is, but something to me feels a little bit off with, the Finnish connection with Cronella and Mietman. Um, you know, I heard, I can't remember where, and I'm sorry for just, you know, making it sound like I'm making this up, but, you know, I, I do kind of wonder if there's something to it that, you know, Finn, Finnish kind of, you know, minor league hockey, it doesn't get a lot of fan support or they don't really like to, they don't really play in a lot of, you know, big arenas with a lot of people and whatnot. Um, so I wonder if there's some kind of an adjustment there with Mietnin. Um, Just all of a sudden, these are his first games. You know, he didn't have this. He was he was used to the lack of atmosphere. Um, and then kind of coming in with, you know, a lot more pomp and circumstance with, with, with the gate and with the people. I wonder I wonder if he's just maybe a little bit maybe a little bit not in his not in his wheelhouse right now. I just feel like the connection isn't quite there, and maybe it's just not fair because it's it, it's a little bit early yet. But um, yeah, so it's just some something that I'm kind of keeping an eye on how they're gonna how they're gonna translate here to the Minnesota series. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I was when Hentges went down, I was thinking move one of those guys up uh, to the top line. But I'm wondering if uh, they really like to keep them together, uh, chemistry for chemistry purposes, uh-huh. and you know they just they're they're kind of a um, package deal almost. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's why they didn't um, move one of those guys up. And that's that's probably the case. And you know, Matsko was a little more open to that idea you know he would he would see like the palings for a while together and then all of a sudden there'll be a game where they do split up um i haven't seen that from larson he you know he does um he 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 doesn't like to change what's working and obviously it has worked in the past so it's just something i'm gonna kind of see um kind of moving forward um with that obviously i mean mietnan did you know score a goal even though it did bounce off um, the Maverick defender in front, but it's, I don't know, it's just something that I'm kind of seeing so far, and maybe, again, not fair since Cronulla did have four points, <laughs> does have four points so far this season. Granted, St. Thomas, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it, and we'll see kind of how it goes this weekend. So Yeah, yeah, like you said, uh, you know, early season, you know, let's give it a month before we – uh, write them off or uh, you know, oh, yeah. cement them cement them as their uh, star status. Um, but yeah, I Mietnin in particular has been quiet and uh, noticeably so. Uh, so uh, hopefully that goal will kickstart him. And mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes that's just what it needs is just that yeah. kind of fluke. So we go from number uh, one versus number two in the nation, um, and uh, we go ahead and go for, uh, two versus four in the nation as uh, we got a big home-and-home home series against uh, the, the Gophers uh, down at uh, Mariucci there on Friday, back at uh, the Herb uh, for our unofficial homecoming. I say unofficial because we don't have a football team. Uh, so I just I feel like a homecoming without a football team but then again, when we did have a football team, we didn't have homecoming anyway. So I guess, like, yeah. you know, just uh, something that St. Cloud State does. So um, usually I don't don't talk about polls, but yep, there we go. That num- number one first plate vote, the eleventh seed or eleventh <laughs> yeah. overall Denver. So so uh, it made it known um, that uh, Sloshman put it out on Twitter that he is the Denver voter. <laughs> so I was. I kind of liked the mystery and the intrigue, um, you know, when I thought it was someone like uh, let's go DU or something along those lines that had some kind of vote that, you know, they would vote Denver, but nope, Sloshman. So I thought that was, I don't know. It's still, yeah. I, the only polls I like to see are the preseason polls. Cause I like to see like how high Wisconsin's ranked every year. <laughs> so, which the, the, that worked out perfectly again this year as they got, got blown out of their own building against Michigan Tech this weekend. Yeah. Exactly. So they are no longer ranked. Um, but, yeah, even in those, like, four-win Mike Eves seasons, they'd start the year, like, 11th. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I said before the uh, – So what do you see, What do you say about Denver? <laughs> well, I said before the podcast, I'm like, so Strassman's just trolling Denver then. Because uh, I, I it seems so odd to me. His whole point was that they've got a lot. They've obviously they're they're very deep. They're very talented. Um, but he dropped some kind of slosh stat where apparently Denver didn't 
practice in groups of more than eight throughout the whole season last year, including their time in the pod. And therefore, they didn't have any chemistry that they could develop. So therefore, that's why they had a very underwhelming season. Was there a reason for for that? I Well, I think Denver just kind of got hit hard with COVID as well. So I think they tried to contain that because both Denver and CC, I think, were kind of the big teams oh. that hit. Um, yeah, I know I, the NCHC tournament – they were playing with like 16 players or something. Uh, mm-hmm. Same with CC as well. Um, you'd think though in the in the pod they they would have been able to practice with a, a fuller unit. So I so just, that's so he's saying that so now so that they're able to the practice. Yep. Ah, okay. I, I I don't I don't feel that there's enough straw in the world to kind of grasp at for for that logic to make sense. But you know, Slashman's always going to bounce to his own or. March to the beat of his own drum. So yeah, yeah, I, I like it. I like and you know it, what? Even though in, I, and, I don't in agree. In the end, but... kudos to him to actually uh, having the gall to come out and say that. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, it was funny just to see them getting this strand. You know, this this lonely first place vote. I think they're at eleventh. Eleventh right uh, now in the yeah. country. So. But yeah, and the, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be laughing at the end of it when Denver raises yeah. title number what nine, ten. I don't. I'm know. just wondering how how long he's gonna keep this up, right? I I hope I the hope it just loss. keeps. I I just hope it keeps going. Like no matter what, no matter what happens, there's always gonna be a one down at the, near the twentieth spot. <laughs> I watched a little bit of their game against Arizona State. Um, they look pretty good. I I don't think Arizona State's great, but. They look pretty good in the in the couple minutes that I watched there, so so yeah, we'll we'll have to see if uh, see how long he he keeps the bit up, <laughs> and then if he has a chance to to have his comeuppance uh, again as a Dakota guy. He, do you really want to? Oh, I'm they're going all the way, baby. <laughs> do you want to be a Denver fan as a North Dakota beat writer? That's a precarious position to be in. right but i'll yeah as you said i'll give them the uh, props for for admitting it and sticking with it yeah exactly and just looking at the uh looking at the polls one two i mean mankato number one uh, st cloud two and in that usa today poll uh one vote or one point um separated the two and i believe st cloud had more first place votes than than mankato did so Again, polls, especially early season polls, uh, largely useless. Uh, but just as a, a a gauge of of what people are thinking about these teams, you know, St. Cloud right there at the top, uh, just a sliver behind number one. So uh, Minnesota Golden Gophers uh, coming out, um, uh, you know, for the for the for the next series. And there's one thing that I kind of go back and forth at, and and it, it, it still perplexes me, and I don't know exactly how I feel at this point. Um, but this is Bob Motzko's return to the Hurt. Right. Um, do you boo? Uh, like, I I, I've gone back I was, and forth, so I, I was I'm thinking interested about on, this, on hearing what you have to say. I was thinking about this in the summer. Uh, I think the... 
just terrible news of of his son Mac passing away. Uh, I think that changes it. I, I would not. I I would almost expect him to get some applause uh, at this point. Terrible news, and we don't. That goes without saying. And I'm not not that I was close to Motsko or his family, but the last couple of years that I was season ticket holder, it was in the sec. It was about a row behind. I think his wife is Shelly. Uh, and did, Mac showed up a couple times. Bo, their their youngest son, he was there pretty much every game. And I think it was Motsko's mom was there as well. And they, they were very nice. Um, you wouldn't. I had to be told that 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 was Motsko's family. It's not like they were, you know, making that well known. Uh, but uh, it, it was a reminder. You know, yeah, we we had our you know the 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 last podcast of the first iteration was on the heels of Motsko's departure, and still have some questions about what exactly went on there and when when his uh, allegiance to the Gophers officially started, if it was even during that regional um yeah it's there's reason to be a little wary of what exactly happened there but a story like that just makes it you know clear that these are still human beings uh and it doesn't take much to to sympathize with such a just a gut-wrenching story like that so I do think that that will play a part if that didn't happen I would have expected a, a, a chorus of boos but I, I think that that will change things. And, and maybe that, obviously that shouldn't hope for something like that to happen for, to avoid getting booed, but maybe that's for the best. I, I, you know, Matsko did a ton for this program. And that's, uh, and that's the thing. And that, that's the thing that sometimes I have to remember too, because obviously, you know, everything that happened with Mac aside, um, you know, is that, Bob did elevate this program Correct. Um, to a status that I thought was unimaginable, you know, when he first took the reins. You know, I, I never thought, you know, granted the college hockey landscape has changed so much, but I never really thought that the um, Huskies would ever be considered a national title contender year in, year out. And atop of the 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 conference of the NCHC, you know, just kind of a contender and, you know, now, you know, kind of one of the premier programs for college hockey. And, you know, obviously he's got, you know, nearly everything to do with that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Craig Dahl, you know, was what he was. And maybe at the time that was the, you know, kind of the right, the the right pick. Um, But, you know, him stepping aside, um, when he did and, and Bob was able to just kind of, you know, elevate everything. And I don't know, it's, I, I go back and forth um, of him, you know, he, he was on the rink uh, podcast uh, that I listened to shortly before this. And, you know, he just kind of talked about, you know, he spent 13 years at St. Cloud, you know, and, you know, he liked to frame it as, you know, you guys have had different jobs since then as well. You know, this is just kind of a different job for me. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess, I suppose, you know, just that kind of aspect about it too. And, you know, us, you know, having the NCAA tournament run that we've had and, you know, being in the championship game, 
probably kind of makes me soften my hatred of how everything went down and whatnot a little bit more. Um, because, you know, as things have gone so far with Brett Larson, you know, things have been still incredibly good. I mean, I hope I can say that four years from now, um, you know, as what, this is his fourth season, I believe. So, correct. So it's, it's, it's one thing I've always kind of gone back and forth is, you know, we got, we thank him for elevating the program, but you know, those, all those first round losses too, they, those still kind of sting too. So we can't forget about he's, he was, uh, there for those downs as well so well golfer fans get to they they get their their share of disappointments uh, in the ncaa's so let's yeah so let's talk about the uh the golfer team kind of uh, uh upcoming here um mm-hmm. they have the home sweep of mercyhurst um uh seven to four and five to three um kind of and they were both. they were down in that third period on on saturday game they they struggled with mercyhurst yeah, it's they were down um, three two, I think, going into the third, um, and, and given and given up seven goals to Mercyhurst. Um, may I maybe I'm more confident that we're not going to see a one nothing game uh, this weekend because if they're giving up seven true. to Mercyhurst, um, I think the Huskies can can match or exceed that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, just kind of a little bit of a different team. Um, from them, you know, they've had a few people, um, that did end up, uh, kind of graduating out jumping ship. So they do have some younger guys as well. Some freshmen coming in where, you know, Huskies only have a couple, have a handful. So it's going to be definitely an instance where I'm interested in how our experience and everything, um, kind of is able to, to translate to, to this game with, you know, all the emotions that's going to kind of come with it. Um, with with this series, especially the the game here in St. Cloud, because you know that game, I think, just going to be rocking. Um, the arena is going to be loud, atmospheric, and something that um, that some of these players have probably never heard before. Um, you know that they haven't experienced a Gophers Huskies game um, at the NCHC because it, it is a different breed as much as I wish it wasn't a different breed and I wish we could keep these um you know this type of atmosphere you know and for some of the other matches and whatnot I just know the way college hockey is now and really live sports in general is just that's just not feasible you plan on going and getting those company seats <laughs> um I don't think I'll be able to get the company suites here for this one um you know, uh, series like this, uh, they are snatched up by uh, people that are a little bit higher up on the food chain. Uh, then you know they'll let me go to the St. Thomas ones, <laughs> right? But uh, they'll they'll keep uh, the premier tickets to themselves. Well, I thought you're a uh, executive uh, vice president. Oh, of that uh, business affairs. I report to the executive vice president. You're so the guess, assistant uh, assistant to the regional assistant manager. to the executive vice president. <laughs> Is yes. is pretty much the uh, the equivalent of, I I am firmly middle management, <laughs> so, um, but you know, kind of the standout, you know, that was their only series. So this um uh, 
they're they're two and zero going into the season or going into the series. Um, you know, yeah, they had a they had a uh, series with Alaska that was postponed for COVID reasons, and I, I'm guessing that was Alaska on Alaska's end, on mm-hmm. Fairbanks's end. Um, yep. They were rescheduling it for January, I think, but. Um, I'm sure that was not ideal uh, for Motsko and, and the players. You know, this would have been, you know, last weekend, you know, should have been their second weekend of the season and going into the St. Cloud series. Uh, you'd, you'd like to have two weekends behind you rather than just one. Um, so kind of an unforeseen uh, wrench in the plans there. Um, so maybe they got their kinks out against uh, Mercyhurst. And, uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, they're – they're, they've got one last week of experience on the season, and see if that plays any any yep. role. Two 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 brother battles um, going on. You know, we got uh, Brodzinski yep. Bowl part. I don't know how many now yep. um, that we're at, and then uh, Jack and Nick Burbix. Have you watched? Uh, did you watch? Did you watch any of these Gopher games? I, I did not, so I didn't. You know, I haven't been able to to check out the new squad. Um, I only saw bits and pieces of it um yeah the minnesota looked like a team that did not skate yet this year um they had a lot of defensive breakdown and um i I felt like lafontaine um and net was a little bit better than his scoreboard indicated um i think especially i believe on the uh four to seven game um, on Friday, I think he stopped a couple of like breakaways as well, um, and two on ones and whatnot. Um, you can tell it was just kind of a new team, and everyone's just kind of getting ready for for uh, Minnesota. So I, I I look for our experience to really pay off this series, um, and really are looking forward to um, Ford. And I feel I feel like the intensity is going to be ramped up a little bit more than. Um, what we saw at least on Friday, you know, like I said, Saturday's game was a little bit better, but just kind of what are, what are your thoughts? What are your kind of expectations here going into the series? Expecting, uh, expecting more offense. You know, we had low scoring affairs with Mankato, which I think, you know, fits their style. I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, Matsko, we know how Matsko likes to play. He's a run and gun kind of guy. Um, so I'm expecting, some higher scoring affairs um, and I'm expecting some fun games in the past. These two clubs um, generally have, have matched up pretty well just because they play a kind of a similar style. Um, I am excited to see the uh, Brodzinski battle. I saw that uh, Bryce had three goals on the weekend against Mercyhurst. And so I'm sure that the uh, older brother Easton is going to, um, be licking his chops to try to one up that or someone's going to have Mike, the, the, the dad, Mike is, is going to be torn this weekend. I uh, wonder who his uh, rooting alliances are with uh, other than his, his, his two kids. But yeah, it's uh, I love this series. Um, it's I'll give the Huskies a slight edge just because I, I think that they, the two teams play a similar style and, Right now, I just think the Huskies have uh, have the edge on that, uh, and I think that it come, that experience factor will be will be key as well. So, expecting good things for the Huskies, but I, I'm expecting more some more offense this weekend. 
Um, then we had uh, versus Mankato. And, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if this Herenak continues his early season run here. Uh, maybe high scoring on the Husky side, but uh, we, we don't need the uh, the Gophers <laughs> to score that much. How it's, about that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's I, my that's my key is the Huskies need to outscore the Gophers in order ah, to win. That's that, that's my that's the key. All right, John Madden. Hot hot take. I know. Yep. I can't even say John Madden anymore. All the all the young folks that listen are going to be like, "Who the heck is the <laughs> the the guy on the video game?" Is pretty much yeah. uh, just the only take. Um. Yeah, it's, you know, this is a series where I think, you know, this is where, like, the Fitzgeralds and Okabis, you know, your upperclassmen guys, you know, I, I didn't mention them earlier, um, but, you know, I also think Chase Brand, um, it, it, it had a heck of a series as well, and he played, yep. he also played incredibly well. You know, this is, I think, the type of series where they're going to get amped up, and I think they're going to kind of, kind of, kind of elevate their game, and it's... I'm really interested in seeing, um, you know, what kind of changes the the Gophers end up making on defense um, because I think if they do give up um, as many chances as they did to Mercyhurst, I think I think the Huskies are going to walk away in a cake rock. Why? So and I so I don't expect that to happen. Um, but you know, obviously, I'm going to be incredibly um, happy if it does. So. Well, agreed. Yep. Just looking forward to two two entertaining games. I think yep. we're gonna get them. So they unveiled uh, throwback jerseys, and um, you know I'm a huge fan of them overall. It seems like uh, Twitter a huge fan of them, and uh, you know they wore these uh, these jerseys here in the in the mid '80s. Um, so kind of okay. a throwback to that, just before um, the STC kind of took over as their main uh, main main jerseys. So, um, you know, kind of, kind of, what, what are your thoughts? Um, there, they'll be auctioned off at the game. Um, no plans, I believe, for any replicas to be sold or anything along those lines. Which is, I don't know. I think they did that also with the script Saint Cloud ones that like Bremsek um, wore, as well. Like I think because I yeah. remember Lash scoring a goal in that jersey. Um, so I think that they're was doing it. the same thing as that. Yeah, I like those better. Um, and that was against they, – they wore those against the Gophers too. I think mm-hmm. it was like an 8-6 to six game or something that the Gophers won. Yeah. Um, kind of a crazy game. Yeah, I like I told you, I, I don't hate them. I, I don't necessarily love them. I was, I was curious as to what time period uh, these would have been worn. So 80s makes, makes some sense. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all for it. Uh, homecoming, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't bid on one. Uh, it would, I mean, uh, probably not, but maybe, I don't know. I, like I said, I like those old, the, the thirties ones that they wore the, that must've been 10 years ago plus at this point. Um, I like that. I thought that was, uh, a sharper logo design, but yeah, I wouldn't, uh, for the novelty of it, um, I think the uh, was it the the Brooks year? I like I like ones that have the husky on it. I think the, the Brooks year that they that he coached the droopy dog. It, yeah, but it was like a small version of it. Um, not the droopy dog. It was it was a different. Yeah, it was a different uh, 
a different kind of dog. Mm. Um, but I, I those maybe we could get those uh, uh, fired I, up again. I I like them, and I'm thinking about I'm thinking about bidding. I'm thinking about. You know, if I if I do end up going, and I just I don't see how I I don't get a babysitter and go like that's to 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 this game on well, Saturday. Be so. a tough ticket. That's the thing. I mean, it's not like St. Thomas or something where you can just walk up and get a ticket. It's probably going to be sold out. Yeah, I don't. Know. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. I think so. No. Even I mean, even in the you know, let's say the the leaner Motsko years. Not that there was too many of those, but North Dakota and the Gophers were always sellouts, uh, and so I, I, I'm, I'm confident. It's been a while, you know. It's in last year they didn't have any yeah, have true. any fans, and and there's going to be folks that are going to want to go. So if you're going to be, let's say you get there, and you're you're in the building. I mean, it, as it always is, you know, the top the the, the top players, the sexy yeah. names that those get the uh, the top price. Uh-huh. So you're probably thinking like that. That would be a, a good. No, I'll get like a, a good guess. Like who's gonna have the most expensive or the the highest bid of the jerseys? I, like I you think said, it's I think Brodzinski. You think so? I was thinking Horanak might might be up there. Might be up um, there, but I think Brodzinski's gonna kind of take the top one. I'll go. I'll go with Horanak. Well, right. You go with Brodzinski. I think good. they'll 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 announce him. If you go to the game, they'll announce yep. like who's who's because uh, I think they close at least that time. I think they close the bidding at the ten minutes towards of the, the end third. of the third, something like that. And yeah, I'm pretty sure Lash had the he was the top oh, jersey yeah. that time. So I can't remember you... who it was, and somebody's going to correct me. Maybe like Zamora or something not going to correct me, but I think like a parent of a player previously like stood by <laughs> like the the their son's <laughs> table. And anytime somebody right. came into bed, they came in and was like, there's no chance you're getting this jersey, <laughs> like no matter what the price is. I'm pretty sure Lash has cracked $1,000. Yeah. I, I think that was 11, 12, okay. I think. Yeah, that that, that, was, that sounds about right. So are you bid, bidding on the top end or are oh, you going with, no. you know, Bra- I got, Brady I got Seymour. three kids in daycare. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, bidding, I'm bidding on Rocco or... Rocco you know. or Brady Zemer. Yeah, or, exactly. Uh, Lamaru, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about Lamaru because just goalie sizes and whatnot. There you go. That's that's a little tough. But um, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be hard-pressed for me not to bid on it. That's for sure. So. Well, yeah, we'll have to. You'll have to fill me in if if that does happen. If, you'll have to let me know transpire. how the action how the action went. Yes, sounds sounds good. So, um. Uh, a couple of questions here before we kind of wrap up uh, that I that I posted on Twitter. Uh, Whiskey Dave uh, was rank your five best '90s TV shows. Um, I already yelled at him and say uh, we are keeping these to an hour <laughs> or at yes. least closer to. We don't have a whole special pod. So here here's my thought that we can do on that is every you know the next five pods. Let's just go five to one. So we got some time to think and rank them. Um, and then we can kind of discuss and then, uh, we can have that. So what are your thoughts on that? Or do you just want to save this for a bye week It's possible. It's funny that we always talk about TV shows on here. I am much more of a movie person than TV. Like I'm trying to think, I don't even know. I mean, Seinfeld would be number one with a bullet 
for this top five. Oh, we're I just going to get would, into it, huh? I would okay. have to. I would have to think about five shows. Like I'm, it's not really my uh, my top. It's not my top Jeopardy category. It's gonna put it gotcha. that way. Well, I mean, Wings would Jeopardy, be number two. Obviously. Jeopardy might be in the top five. Um, we'll we'll put a pin on that because I'm put a huge fan of '90s TV. So you know, and I've got. You know, my number one, I don't think is a mini surprise to people who li- who, li- who really like me um, or really know me. Um, but I think I think number two is going to surprise some people. So I've already got like a little bit of a list made up. So Whiskey yeah, Dave, we'll, re- we'll get to it soon. Some, I can some. Count, yeah, I, there's there's a couple of, I've got a couple of, I've got at least one semi-obscure one that you might like. Nice. Uh, but we'll keep it teased for for all of our listeners if you want like a top five movies like a couple years ago i just for no good reason i watched as many movies that were released in the year 1981 i probably watched a hundred of them i could give you a top 10 of 1981 films why why 81 i don't know it's a fascinating year i like the time period post watergate pre-reagan which is about like a six, seven year period. It's a fascinating time period for me. Uh, huh. It's like right before I was born. And I think there's, I think some people. Okay. So what's okay. What's at least number one. What's number one. Number one. It would probably be in my top 10 of all time is a movie called the French Lieutenant's woman. It's a Meryl Streep, Jeremy Irons film. Uh, excellent. Uh, and there's, yeah, I could spend an hour talking about that movie i'd also put american werewolf in london up there uh great werewolf movies there was three of them that year uh, american werewolf in london was good and i get Howling american werewolf in london confused with american in paris and those are two completely slightly, different movies. slightly different films um but both of them are good um the howling is the other great uh werewolf movie from that from that year uh, it's a, it's not the best year. I even think even 1980 and 82 and 79, all of those years are better quality years for film. But something about 81, it's it, the the look and the and just the the look of the movies and maybe just I don't know the film stocks they were using. It's a it was a fascinating year. Interesting. Uh, and so I I watched such. I mean I was kind of digging the bottom of the barrel on some of those. But really. So yeah. <laughs> so. That's another um, bi-week, bi-week podcast. Bi-week podcast, apparently. I, I don't think I could name a movie came out in 81. 80, I can. Oh, name a couple. I mean, because, Raiders, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, oh, okay. I mean, there was there was some big uh, um, kind of blockbuster types. Did Jedi come out in 81? That was 83. I'm not a huge Star Wars person. Um, 81's... Uh, Best picture would have been Chariots of Fire, which is okay. It's not great. Well, it's got the one scene, I think, that everyone... And it's got the score. Yeah. It's got the iconic score. Um, on Golden Pond, which is a personal favorite. It's like a cabin movie. Whenever we go to my uh, my family's cabin, we'd watch that. That came out in 81. My dad does a great Henry Fonda impression. Uh, or actually, uh, Catherine Hepburn. Uh, Norman! But... <laughs> 80, 81. Was that, taste. um, I'm trying to think. Moonraker? Or no, Moonraker was 79. Moonraker was 79. Uh, For Your Eyes Only. For Your Eyes Only. Yep. It, which I think that's, is a good bond. That's uh, actually, that's my second favorite Roger Moore bond. Yeah. 
the so. the last few moors were not great. Moonraker is I don't think is not great. I don't uh, like Moonraker. I don't like Octopussy. I don't like um uh love me. Was that his last one or was that A View to a Kill was No a View What was what was Dalton's first one? Oh uh, Living Daylights is what I'm thinking. Living Daylights. I, I get I get those two mixed up. But oh, yeah, that living was a, Daylights that was a solid is good though. Like Living Daylights. Like the, that's uh, that's I, the thing with Bond is like now that you know Craig has kind of isol like cemented himself as like the gritty Bond like you can rewatch those uh, Dalton ones and be like oh okay like I can kind of see it you know it you know a, a little bit more because he had a little bit of the grit I mean License to Kill was probably a little bit too much because they tried to wrap everything and like it was a I mix like of roadhouse it was a mix of scarface and like it yeah. it was a little bit too much but like living daylights like with the, with the cellist and whatnot like going back to that it's a it's a solid film i actually rewatched part of it because i put i referenced it in a puzzle that i Ooh. wrote with the uh scene where which is perfect bond it's half ridiculous half great where they escape using the cello case, the cello case. as the makeshift sled <laughs> yep. down the uh, down the hill getting away from the from the russians or whoever they're the, the bad guys and are. they go through uh, borders good stuff <laughs> yeah and it's good go stuff the, yep exactly um uh zamora any lineup surprises so far or changes you would make um my changes i would make um i think zemer needs to get more ice time um and you know i think solquist as well i think both of those have earned um a friday spot as well and um especially zemer as well treble is you know been doing all right as well um but i think um both those two jay jay cox was the odd man out uh i don't think he played great on friday so i was not surprised to see him get the scratch mm-hmm. on saturday in favor of Zemer. I was a little surprised, again, again against St. Thomas, take that as a grain of salt, but I, I liked what I saw from Lutke, so I was a little surprised that he did not get any action uh, against Mankato, and he was sat both games. Um, so I'd like to see him again uh, soon, maybe not against the Gophers, but looks like Wisconsin's a maybe team. Maybe against can, Wisconsin, yeah. You can, you can try some players there. Um, so, um, yeah, I was a little surprised not to see him, but... Um, I, I understand early season. We're still kind of getting our feet wet here. Um, uh, which players, uh, Dunkel, well, which players do you think took a step back, so to speak, against the type tougher competition? Um, you know, kind of when I think of, you know, anybody who, I wouldn't say anyone took a huge step back. Um, but, you know, the one that kind of steps out into my mind is um, Pert looked much different playing against Mankato and than he did playing against St. Thomas. So it's tough for me to say it's a step back or so more so that it showed how green he is. But again, that's just going to come with time. Yeah. And I'll, I'll repeat my Jaycocks. Uh, I don't want to dump on him too much, but as an upperclassman, I kind of expect more from him versus I'll give Peart uh, a bit of a pass for his youth sure. and, just you know, four games into his career, and I expect him to to get the kinks out uh, relatively soon. So yeah, from from Jake Cox's perspective, I'm he's not a guy. You know, you don't typically sit you know four year guys. You know, guys who have been around the block here. 
Um, but I thought it was the right call. Um, so maybe he can use that as uh, as uh, motivation to step up his game. And and it's good to know that a guy like Zemer could step in and yeah. and uh, and hold his own. Mm-hmm. I think Jaycox would be feeling a little bit of the pressure from that. Should so. Um, last question uh, again, our good friend uh, Go Huskies Woo. Um, Huskies D1 area. I have so much trouble with that word. I struggled era, you know, with that word, you know, in the last podcast as well. D1 era, Huskies goalies, where does Renek rank? Where are we putting them? I don't think I'd put him number one. Do you, do you, where in relation to Jeff Smith do you put? (laughs) That's, that's the, uh, barometer. Yep. I have, I mean, I have a scale. I have a soft spot for Geffert. Um, I liked Mike Lee more than I think they'd even like Moscow liked Mike Lee. Um, I might put him ahead of Renek. Mike Lee never beat North Dakota, and that's always bugged me. So we talked. We talked about Dan Dan Dunn last week, and I I thought that Lee was clearly the better goalie. The difference there was that Dunn Dunn beat. North Dakota several times. He was oh. their kryptonite. Um, so yeah, that's the one kind of. Type. It was the eight to one game. I think is uh, that might have been Mike Lee's last time playing North Dakota. Um, yeah. But I liked Lee. Uh, you know, you got Farragher with the first uh, Frozen Four run. I'd put Harenek above him. Um, then even I mean, I can't make too much of a. Uh, opinion about Scott Meyer kind of predates when I was really into the Huskies, but he had a good run there in Dahl's, you know, top years. Um, so if we're going back to the D1 era, uh, you got to include him. Um, I would, yeah, like I said, I wouldn't put him number one, but I'd put him in, you know, in the mix, in the top five. Who would you put as number one then? And do you think Reddick could be number one? Who, who? He's going to have the case based on longevity stats. I mean, he's going to have a lot. He's going to break a lot of goalie records. And because a guy like Gefford wasn't there for too long. And again, I, I realize my, my, I have a personal just by it's a, it's a heart thing with, with Gefford. He probably was not the most technically savvy goaltender, but he really was the heart and soul of that team for the, for the, two years really that, that he was the starter. Um, so if you're basing it off of best, like technical skills type goalie, uh, maybe not, maybe Gefford's not number one. Um, but, but I'm going to put him number. You're going to put, you're going to put him. I I have the man, the man. Lindgren, Lindgren then. Does his, uh, forgot about it. Forgot about it. Does, Um, does his tournament, um, his lack of tournament um, kind of tamper his uh, rating in your eye. His NCAA I, failures. I have to be honest. I forgot about him, and I'd probably put. I definitely would put him above Farragher. Um, it's the good thing is it's a tough question because there's been oh, that's true. a number of quality goalies over the last even just the last ten years. Um, yeah, Lindgren. I'd, between Horenak and Lindgren, that's a tough call. And 
I might go with I might go with Davy. Slight it, slight edge. And and that's the thing is like you asked me this question even middle of last season. I don't think Renick's in my top four. I mean, maybe he's four or five on my list. The way that he has played, you know, at the end of last season and then even, you know, starting in this season, um, has been incredibly good. And if he continues this, and of course he's going to let in some bad goals, um, but, you know. Uh, We haven't seen one yet. I think this is a new, something, something in that BU game. Because as we mentioned last week, or one of the weeks, the, that CC game in the NCHC tournament mm-hmm. let up a terrible goal, and he was kind of the Hurinac that I've, you know, we had come to know at that point. And he did play very well against uh, Duluth and, and Dakota and the rest of that tournament. Uh, but something in that, it, after they, you know, gave up, gave up a goal against BU, and it was tight, second period or so, but after they got the lead and he just started to have this new kind of confidence, that was kind of what you look back at like the Air Force game and you look back at the American International game. He led up to a bad goal in each of those. And he just looked like he was beating himself. Uh, and yeah. I, I've always kind of fe- figured it's kind of a golf thing with him. It's, it's mental mm-hmm. is his uh, biggest kind of hurdle. And I think he got over that yeah. with the run last year. And so I think he's been – using that he hasn't lost that whatever whatever he change he made or if he just kind of said eff it you know let's let's just have fun here and maybe he just kind of got out of his way mentally and just let you know yeah. his skills do the talking and 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 just just trust himself i think that's been the big key and so far so far so good like we said it's you know tough to gauge against uh, st thomas but he did everything, you know, made every save he needed to. I think he gave up one goal in the in the first game, but but uh, looked that same sort of confident kind of goalie in that series, and I think he played even better against Mankato. Um, yep. And so I'm until we get those uh, those bleeders in, I'm my my confidence level on him has has really risen, yep. and I hope that I hope that stays the same. I hope that continues. I know we're a little bit over here, but I just I have to say this name because I feel like he always gets overlooked, and you just look at his stats, and he's up there with the best of them. Um, and you know you look at his nine his career nine two save percentage, and a two point four three goals against average. Jace Waslowski, like it's. He's he was on some of those uh, teams that were just kind of middle of the pack or whatnot, but I I lo- I thought Waslowski was a heck of a goalie, especially during that um, you know 08, 09 season. Um, but you know they were kind of just a five hundred team at that point. But if I I, I was a big fan of him, and I think that. Uh, that, that I don't think his name gets nearly enough credit in the uh, goaltender pantheon at St. Cloud State. Yeah. No, he was probably another, another because his, um, you know, grade point average was a little bit less than his, uh, than his goals against average. Um, Cause I think that guy just sat on Xbox live all the, all the time. So um, he didn't have a senior season. Um, that probably doesn't help. Um, his mom is wonderful. I will have to say that. Um, she came out in the dog pound a couple of times, so she really liked getting into the atmosphere and whatnot. 
Was that still when you were uh, wearing the oh, the yeah. ref garb? Yep, yep. I got what a picture years? of uh, me and Jace Wazowski's mom, so that's pretty cool. What years? What would? What were your years as the uh, as the ref? As the ref, it was pretty much oh. I, I started kind of the gimmick, and I would say oh four, maybe oh five, and then I did that probably until oh nine. Um, okay, and I graduated. Um, when did I graduate? <laughs> oh wait, yes, that's it. Uh, I graduated. See, he kept and and I uh, the even the next year I um you I kept it going. To, I kind I was kind of able to sneak my way into games without having to pay for it at that time. So you know, you know, it's, it's well, not what you, you know; it's who you know. So I was able to you know, kind of sneak in. But you're one of the dog pound elite. Yeah, that, I, mean, I like the, to I like to think so, but you know, when I was on the Huskies Warming House podcast, when they were like, "Yeah, we didn't really know who you were," it was like a shot to the gut. It's like, yeah. ah, just I'm now one of the the olds. <laughs> I'm just it was like I remember Wazlowski. Kind of, kind of my mentality is my teeth fall out of my mouth, so. Um, yeah, that's, um, uh, that's, uh, that about does her. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up and, uh, we'll hear hopefully talking about two Huskies victories. Um, you know, do you have a final, final, uh, prediction? I'm going to, I'm going to go out and say it. And I think we sweep. I like, I like that. I'll go. Maybe there's a tie in there, but. I'm going to go six, four, five, two. Oh, you're, you're going us, Joe. Uh, scoring. No, because they. If I was doing an us show thing, then I'd say it was three, three, two, to three, two, two. three to two, three to two. So yeah, I'll go. I uh, will go on a little higher scoring, but it. Yeah, it'll it'll definitely be higher scoring. So. One of the games will be, you know, kind of a, a back and forth battle, and I think the uh, the home game, the Huskies will will have their way with them. Perfect. Well, uh, you know, for Andrew and myself, thank you so much for listening. And uh, until next time, go Huskies. Woo! Woo!